Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 336. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my constant companion, Charlie Carton. Pew, pew, pew! What's up, y'all? It is a Wednesday evening, so, you know, hump day. Big up. Yes, the, cam- yes, the camels are out, and they are carousing. Um, it's also the day of my new microphone. Yes! New microphone day! Yes, yes, I've retired the Yeti. Uh, that was a problematic piece of equipment that uh, I've just struggled with. So now we have a new mic, which is great. I'm really enjoying this mic. It's kind of a present to myself. So uh, it's it's all set. Uh, and hopefully the audio will be even better than before. Um, so the good news is um, hopefully it won't be a crap fest like it was the last couple of episodes. Well, I can I can tell you just by hearing it through my headphones, it sounds infinitely better. Because last time I was like, uh, well, you know, because I'm always, you're the tech guy. So I'm always like, Somewhat cautious to say something to you, but last week it was bad. But I'm no, glad that you heard no. it. I'm glad that you heard it and you understood. So that that is a good thing. Absolutely. It's caused some hijinks in the last couple of podcasts. So we are good to go. So yes, uh, because we have an audio podcast and now a video podcast, uh, you know, you, you listen with your ears. So if it sounds like crap, not good. So so hopefully uh, you guys have uh, followed us through that. Uh, the other part that's exciting is now, hopefully you are now listening to us on our new feeds. So those are there. Podomatic is dead. Uh, we did bid, bid that a fond farewell uh, last week. Uh, but the good news is now you can tell us how much you like our microphone and our new feeds by subscribing on iTunes and leaving a review, five-star reviews. If you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. You can and also, oh, I was going to say, and we've been very excited to finally get uh, statistics of the people who are downloading our shows and we're absu- assuming obsessively listening to them. Um, so that's great. That's something that you, Todd and I were never really able to effectively track before. Um, so that's really great to show the penetration of our show and people who are listening and stuff. So that, that kind of stuff is very exciting to us. So I know I'm fired up. I know that, that rare and rich and Aaron, my cohorts over on code 47 are very excited about that. And we're always looking to kind of take it to the next level, but that's where, you know, feedback comes in from our listeners and that you can do that in the form of obviously rating us on, on services like iTunes. Yeah, and and we we keep adding to new, more and more services: uh, uh, Audible, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify. All of those are out there. Amazon. So we're we're continuing to add to more and more services. So wherever you you want to listen, we're there. So that is coming. Um, and if there's any that we're not on, let us know, and we'll get it out there. Uh, and lastly. We continue to record with video, um, and we are getting more and more uh, of these episodes out there, which is great. And we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, you know, in the comments, tell us what you like about the episode and things you like us uh, to do in the future. So with yes, that, please. Charlie, uh, you know, we want to actually get into the exciting part of the show, which is talking about fantastic dated comic book covers. My God, Actu- so we... Yeah, we Action Comics 336. We've got we have a, a 12 cent cover price, which puts it squarely in the early 1960s. So you'll remember that the most famous uh, when when most of the Marvel Marvel comics launched in 61, 62, 63, that was the cover price. Uh, the exception being like Fantastic Four number one, which was only 10 cents. Uh, but yeah, this is Action Comics 336. We've got a little bit of Discord within the L family. We got Supergirl. Uh, and Superman, we got a little bit of a squatter situation going on because it's obvious by the word bubble here uh, that she has moved into the Fortress of Solitude. She put up basically a no boy sign that says, this fortress off limits to Superman. Uh, and she says, can't you read signs, Superman? But him, super horse. But like headbutt him, not like anyway. Uh, from now on, this fortress belongs to us. And his thought bubble says, no girl and a horse can kick me out of my own fortress, even if they are super. I'll have to crash my way in. You know, I just, I can't get past how much I love all the exposition that happens on these covers. I don't even think in the Marvel era they did this kind of thing. I think it was pretty much unique from the major publishers uh, to being to DC because 
they published throughout the 40s and 50s where yeah you had to lay on a lot of you had to lay on a lot of crust to get somebody's attention and get them to buy a book obviously it wasn't enough to just say it's superman comic buy the damn thing for 12 cents you had to get just all of this like big setup and so my question is you know should you and i read one of these someday and see oh like, i hey, think so and see Absolutely. if there's like if there's actual payoff or if it's just all if it's just all fluff i'm i'm curious Yes, I think that will be a, a classic comic book cover uh, breakdown will be in the future. Uh, but I love the fact that the horse doesn't even have a real name. It's just Super Horse because, you know, you got to protect that right. Super Horse's identity because, you know. Well, it, I, 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 can't, I can't believe he's not wearing a mask, but he's not wearing his glasses. So that's how you don't know. But he's wearing a halter to hold the cape. So that's very weird, right. too. Oh, and very I good. Very weird. And I like how the fact that there is a sign that she put on the Fortress of Sol 2 that says this fortress uh, off limits to Superman. It's kind of like a little kid who puts a sign on their door like girls keep out. I literally just said that. I'm so glad you were listening. I was too busy sharing the cover for so our listeners and and viewers could watch the cover as well. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, public service announcement. Yes, that's utterly fascinating. But speaking of public service announcements, I get the feeling that it's time to toss this bit over uh, to our gal pal, our senior, senior, senior news correspondent, Madam Webb, uh, for the news of the podcast. So, Madam Webb, without further delay, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, we're back in the news this week, Madam Webb. And as always, thank you for your contribution. Um, I know you always put out there uh, sexual favors for news news stories. And thankfully, people haven't stopped giving them to us so maybe people are receptive or they just ignore you and they just you know uh keep putting stories in your aol account now just to clarify uh so to stay out of trouble with my wife people are not giving us sexual favors they're giving us news stories (laughs) no madam webb is the one that's offering the sexual favors so uh thankfully the the news stories haven't stopped coming it's you know this this me too movement madam webb please get it together stopped coming Ooh, yes. Awful. Ooh boy. Very yes. good. All right. What, what do we got up top? Yeah. So this first story is interesting because apparently there was going to be an animated Flash Gordon film written by Ta- Taika Waititi. Is doing something different. I would have not expected this. Now it's going to be a live action film. This is wow. very weird. Uh, apparently, uh, there's a producer named John Davis who is not only developing a Waterworld streaming oh, series. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah which is very weird, but he's also um, talking about this, this animated flash Gordon feature that he was working on with Taika Waititi and apparently said, it's now going to be a live action adaptation, which, you know, and he says Taika's writing. It was a movie that was a huge influence on him growing up. It's one of his favorite movies. He initially said to me, let's do it uh, animated, but then no, let's do it live action. Even better. Well, you know, flash Gordon is a property that I saw animated it was um, one of the original like inspirations of uh, George Lucas when it was the yep. old serials. Um, so it's been throughout time. It's come back. There was like a filmation animated series that I remember I loved. It was looked exactly like He-Man uh, back in the day. Then we got the crazy weird, like, what was it 1981 movie? 1980 uh, Flash right, Gordon exactly. film. Yeah, that had, you know, most famous for the Queen soundtrack. And it was just trippy and weird. Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless. And, you know, really has, and I guess there was a sci-fi series that I didn't watch at all back in 2007. So Back in, back in the dark days of 2007, I have a confession to make. And again, yes. you know, you and I are both, you know, we kind of have our finger on the pulse. We're pretty familiar with all things related to geek culture. Unless I'm very much mistaken, I had never seen this film until there was a revival showing. There's a, there's an old theater uh, in Southeast GR, which is where I live, called the Wealthy Street Theater. They were doing a revival showing of this film uh, when April and I lived in Easttown, which is kind of the cool, hip, bohemian area of that when we were first married, uh, when we were first together. Um, and they were having a showing of this, and I went and watched it for the very first time in like probably 2013. I don't I don't know how I missed it. You know, you always you That's always so weird. Like, I mean, 1980. I, I mean, you were probably four, you were four years old. Maybe your mom wasn't excited about going. 
Well, but again, you know, we love Star Wars because my first my first cinematic at the movie theater experience was in 1980, seeing The Empire Strikes Back uh, that summer with my dad and my brother. So, and then you know, the the next big one I can think of, a, you know, a movie I remember seeing right around that time that was a total dud was the first cinematic Lone Ranger came out in like 80 or 81. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah. movie I I remember seeing, and then it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then you know, Star the Wars. The rest is history. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. The first one was released in '82, and then, and then, you know, Empire in '83, and then so on and so forth. So, but as far as movies that you go see, it's Star the Wars, the and, first one, '77. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Episode Four, which was the first one. Uh, okay, guys. But yeah, it's so confused. Yes. Of, yeah, I, this is one. I don't know how it got missed. Uh, if I would have had, you know, an older cousin or an uncle who was like, "Yeah, I'm really into this stuff," you know, I had one uncle who loved sci-fi stuff, but he lived in on the other side of the state, so it's not like we sure. saw him all the time or he took us to the movies. So, yeah, I just basically had my mom who'd be like, "We love Star Wars," so we would go see Star Wars. And Han Solo was in a new movie called Indiana Jones. We'll go see that. That was basically it. So I completely missed this. Certainly, I'd heard of it, but um, it's it's just it's campy delicious. It was just it's a delicious film. I would say it's it's fun. It's really fun. Um and kind of weirdly hypersexual. Though yes, very <laughs> you know, weird. You know, very yeah. weird, you know, just it, it, you know, it, it was one of those things where I think everybody was trying to get in the hype train of Star Wars and just getting properties are out there that people knew and and doing some things with it, but um you know, it most most known for like I said the 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 just kind of the weird wacky things that went on with that movie the fact that the 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 lead actor's voice was basically dubbed uh, over top of his own very strange um and you know the queen soundtrack so beyond that though um yeah but it's once again it's one of these classic properties that i don't think many people just it's even on their radar so this could come back kind of similar to john carter it could be horrible or could do something really cool and unique. So hopefully, we'll see. hopefully not like John Carter, which frankly I enjoyed, but was a, Oh, I massive, did too. Yeah. It was a massive dump at the box office as, as I, uh, as I recall. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but with this, I mean, we'll see what happens. Taika Waititi at this point, he's got the magic touch. Um, he really brings a really unique vision to everything he does. So this could be very cool. Um, or it could be very bad. Um, but I, one short story with this, Charlie, when I worked at Hubbard Hall as a maintenance worker, you know, during <laughs> during college to right. make a little bit of money on the side, somebody had a copy of the album in one of the maintenance offices. So Flash! Exactly. Dun, so I would put dun, it on, dun, put dun, on the dun. record player. Yeah, put it on the record player. It's I mean, it's it's really cool. But I mean, I if they I mean they've got to bring back the Queen soundtrack if they do it, or maybe something like that. Maybe Adam Adam Lambert uh performing yeah. with Queen. Right, yeah, right. Maybe well, put a new that, fresh. I yeah, I believe that's you know what it's funny. I have, you know, I you know that I have uh, Amazon Prime Unlimited. I'm gonna look up the Flash Gordon soundtrack right now and make sure that it's if it's something that's available, it's going on one of my playlists, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, it's a great, great soundtrack. So very good. So, yes, uh, more of this. Uh, hopefully this happens. It could be very cool. Um, or it'll just be one of those things, the stories that we talked about what could be and never happened. There it is. Woo, still available. All right. So she's check going, it. She's going right on there. Um, yeah, check so, it yeah. out, folks. Um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, I am really fired up, and I, I am such a dope. I didn't realize that we've got kind of two big cinematic events going on, uh, going on the streaming services next week. Uh, on August twelfth, we're getting Star Trek Lower Decks, which over on Code Forty Seven, uh, we are dedicating ourselves uh, kind of exclusively to that being kind of our primary, uh, and then the secondary will be the uh, Infinite Diversity, which would be the new segment we developed in the show that you're going to hear that comes out this upcoming Monday. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, but, but we're, but the other really exciting thing is that the day before that, so on Wednesday of next week, we're getting the much, uh, Ballyhooed what if animated series. Now this is, we've talked about this on this program many, many, many times. Now this is, it's a particular favorite of myself as a comic reader from the eighties and nineties. Uh, cause this series was strong in the 70s, strong in the 80s, went away for a little while. There were a series of one-shots, came back as a regular series in the 90s, ran for maybe another four or five years. Uh, and then there have been sporadically little peppered one-shots here and there. Um, as, and there was one as recently as like four or five years ago, I think. Um, so it's definitely still a thing, and I get the feeling it's going to continue to be a thing because this is going to bring it back. But yeah, we're getting an animated series that is going to unleash 
uh, a host of storylines that are going to really usher us right into things going on in the movies. Because as we enter the next phase of uh, basically Marvel productions, uh, the multiverse kind of as pioneered by Endgame and and things that have happened in WandaVision and whatever, kind of opening things up to the broad variety of, well, every, you know what? Everything is canon because it's multiversal. So yeah, you're right. On the Earth where the Marvel movies took place, maybe this doesn't take place. But you know what? Over on Earth 679, Peggy Carter is Captain Britain, you know, and, and this thing and that thing. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man is the master of the mystic arts, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, so the uh, it's getting tossed around, you know, is is what if canon? Absolutely what if is going to be canon. But again, it's canon in its own absolute separate thing. Um, and what makes it uniquely canonized is that the, the just massive voice talent that is backing up this programming, we're getting Haley Atwell, Sebastian Sand, Chris Hemsworth, Jeff Goldblum, Tom Hiddleston, Natalie Portman, Paul Rudd, Josh Brolin, Samuel L. Jackson, Mark Ruffalo, and even Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and the late Chadwick Boseman as the child. They actually got recording out of him before he passed away. I did not realize that. I didn't know that that was going to be his final performance as the character. That is spectacular. Um, so that is really amazing. So yes, the answer is it is canon. Um, but one through line that they're really looking to establish as, uh, you know, if this show is going to be ongoing is the character of uh, Haley Atwell's Peggy Carter's Captain Britain, which I I adore this woman. She is really, she's magnificent as an actor and also as, as a woman, quite frankly. I've always been a very good, big fan. But uh, yeah, she is going to be the big piece uh, of the series moving forward as recently uh, reported by uh, Marvel uh, executive producer Brad Winterbaum, who's producing this program. Um, she's going to be the most important character right up there with the Watcher, who, if you're at all familiar uh, with What If, the Watcher is kind of the guy who drives the bus. It's his job to observe multiversal history, but never to interfere. It's kind of the, the prime directive, a la Star Trek, of the Watcher is to simply watch events uh, unfold. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's cool that they have it established. There's going to be an ongoing through line that you can see some things, you know, kind of through her eyes. Uh, and her adventures, you know, would potentially uh, connect the dots all up. So, Todd, what were yep. some of your what were some of your favorite what if stories? Thinking thinking back to the past. Um, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I can't. I mean, there was what if Jane Foster was Thor? So Thor Dis was the name of the character. Uh, there was um, a few with Wolverine that were kind of neat. You know, just kind of a different take on you know what if he was not Weapon X, and it, it just it was it was just dribs and drabs of just. I don't know how they pitched the ideas or if maybe the editorial bullpen said these are the ideas we want to cover and hey, we need an, we need a writer to do it. Um, and it's funny because outside of what if, then we got all of these weird like uh, for Marvel, we got the old man Logan. We got these alternate timelines. So it's almost like what if was the precursor to say kind of like the DC Elseworlds because uh, this predated Elseworlds. What if? And then we got Elseworlds, and then we got then the Marvel's take on kind of Elseworlds as well. So kind of they begat each other, which was always fun. So um, I like this. And um, yeah, I mean, they've brought back What If multiple times. Um, right. I don't know if they're going to do it again or if they're going to stick more to this like prestige Elseworlds I, type format. I, I mean, you know, uh, success begets success. So if this takes off and it's really great. Mm -hmm. I see Marvel within, you know, the, the creative window of, you know, six months or 12 months, whatever it is, bringing back, maybe potentially bringing the series back. That would be something that would interest me. But again, as I've told you recently, I am all the way out of monthly comic reading. I'm not even really following mm -hmm. the Star Wars comics anymore because over on Holocron Chronicles, we've kind of gone in a different direction. When Mark and I launched the show, we said, we're going to be a canon update. So we're going we're gonna to read the comics every month. We're going to be informed, but we've moved more to a guest format and it's, it's really been successful for us so we've kind of kind of uh shied away from that so um but yeah i i i i will use my predictive abilities to think that what if will return to the page in some fashion um but speaking yeah, of merchant, uh, yeah. well i was gonna say i just wanted to really quick i mean there is a title that marvel did 
in the Axe universe called Exiles, which was very much like, um, what was that oh. slider show? Very much mm-hmm. like they went to different versions of Earth, and it was different, very much like a what if, but it was like the world was developed, and and so that was a lot of fun too. So they, they've done different experimentation. I like this. I do like the fact that, you know, it's going to be acknowledged that because the multiverse is established, that I hate to say it, but they're going to have a lot of open doors to say, to explain away a lot of things. So a lot of like, oh, this is canon because this happened. And they're even saying, though, that regardless of animated style and anthology premise, it's all considered canon. So it's not even the fact that, yeah, it's all MCU. So this is like kind of crazy. That's that's very analogous to what happens in Star Wars, yeah. as I talk time and again. You know, the mirror universe, right? Yeah. Well, well, no, yeah. that's not that. That's the mirror universe is not canon, uh, at least not. On but it screen. happens on screen. What happens on screen is things that happen off screen, not yeah. so much. But exactly. with Star yeah. with Star Wars, it's all in. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, when when Disney purchased Star Wars, they said, you know what? Boom, we're cutting it off. Movies are canon. Clone Wars is canon. The the series, not the shorts, and that's it. And we are starting fresh. It, it's a hotly debated decision. Yeah, I absolutely understand why they. But not it. everything going forward that's going to be on Disney Plus is going to be canon, which is just once again they're just playing it by ear. Things will right. change. Something else will be canon. Something from the E will be brought forward, and it's not right. canon. And, and they've so, done exactly that. Yeah. They've taken bits and pieces. They've inserted yeah. things. There are things on Disney Plus that they say you know it's uh, it's the, basically the legend section. So they'll pluck. The, is the uh, Lego Christmas yeah. special? Is, is no, that is yeah, that well, canon? Maybe dro- who knows. They're dropping in like the uh, the the Ewok animated series droids the Ewok uh, TV movies are in there you know so yeah you're right they try to be explicit as possible but yeah you're right it just doesn't all fit together so nicely but the beauty of this is that that is that it absolutely can't because you can say well it's just another universe so but as I was saying going back to talking about merch I'm obviously a collector of the Marvel Legends figure uh, there's an article that we found here that does detail a couple of different things that I think are pretty exciting, including uh, Steve Rogers as uh, well. No, excuse me. This is the, Hy- the the Hydra Stomper, which is Steve Rogers in a Captain America. In, That's in very Iron- cool. In an Iron Man suit, I will definitely be picking this one up. Um, I, you know, I tend to my myself personally, I tend to skip the MCU figures, but I do grab the Captain America figures. And of this one of Peggy Carter as Captain Britain, I'll have to snag two because there'll be one for April as well because it's one of her favorite characters. But I'll probably, yeah, you know, you have you have a version of Nebula, you have a version of uh, basically Captain Marvel, you have a different version uh, of Star Lord, which is actually T'Challa. Uh, I will probably pick up um, Peter Parker the Tom Holland version as Dr. Strange to go on my Spider-Verse shelf. And of course, Captain America as zombie. It was Colonel America, I believe in the, in the actual Marvel Mm. zombies for some reason, they just made that small change. The uh, build a figure of the watcher. I'm going to pass on because I have a, I have a pre-order at Amazon for the Marvel select version, which is a couple of bucks more, but it's, it's nicer and it's a little bit closer to form. Even just looking at this version of the watcher, he looks very not comic. Nobody looks like Charlie. You know, I don't know if you remember Tosh.0 where he'd wear the baby mask. It's exactly that. (laughs) Or he looks a bit like we're watching uh, the show Californication, which was on Showtime, which is a show that I love. He looks like um, David Duchovny's sidekick, uh, Charlie Runkle, (laughs) who was his agent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was just a bald, bald dipshit. I think he was on like Sex in the City. He was dating yes. one of the girls. Yeah, yes. he was. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was a, char- a character actor. His name is Evan Handler. He's been in a ton of stuff. So yeah, and they got your Tiger uh, figure too, Charlie. Here. I know, but the thing is, Todd, if you remember when we were at C two E two last year, uh, I found the I found the the previous Tiger figure, which carded goes for quite a bit of money, loose uh, okay. for like 20, 20 bucks. So I have a Tiger figure. I don't know that this one is good enough that I would swap it out. Probably Ooh. not. Yes, but, uh, uh, but I yeah. do want to say though that the Sylphie figure looks horrible. I don't yeah. know; it, it doesn't look good. And that's why I I largely stay the hell away from the animated figures because again, uh. when you have a comic figure, you well, this say, is animated. This is this this isn't animated. This is from Loki, is it? Well, no, no, no. no. Just listen to what I said. I this is why I stay away from the MCU figures. I guess. Oh, I, you said animated, properly. so I just wanted to probably, make sure. Probably okay. no. Talking yeah. about because again, you can say I can look at this and say, well, this doesn't look like that actress. But when I buy a figure of Loki that is the comic version, I can say, yeah. 
Well, he's a comic version, so he's gonna he's always gonna look different, but he's wearing the right yeah. outfit. It's proportionally correct. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That's why I I shifted. I took I pulled all of those animated figures out of my inventory. I say mm-hmm. I think I saved the Guardians ones, but I don't even have them on display right now. All the rest of them sure. I sold off. Because I just, okay. you know, I had to make a divide. I had to cut it down the middle and say I'm sticking with comic version, with the exception of I have Captain America, just about every figure they've done, with a few exceptions, and I have, I believe, all of the Spider-Man figures. Although they've gotten they've gotten kind of divisive enough that I may have sh- uh, shaved off a few, but I'm, you know, I, I stand by my collection. I like it. I, I I worked hard to put it together over the years. So, but yeah, I tend to tend to skip out on those. But anyway, it's just a, it's, yeah, it's just it's just a bad looking figure overall. Even not even just the face, it just right. it doesn't look good. Yeah, oh, it's told, a weird I, one. Oh, well. I totally agree. Anyway, moving on. What do we got next? Yes. Yeah, so uh, this is a surprise. So Nickelodeon owns Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now, um, and they continue to experiment with the property. We've had, you know, the original animated uh, uh, animated series. Then we had the movies. Uh, then we had like uh, the, there was an animated movie that came out with Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. Then we got uh, more animated series on Nickelodeon. Then we got a weird one that's out now. We got the Michael Bay Turtles, which had two movies, which I didn't think were that bad. I thought they were actually kind of fun. Passable. I know I saw the far better than Transformers, far better than Transformers. For God's Um, sakes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got uh, this new animated series that not many people are fans of. So but we're going back to the well with Turtles to have another movie. And apparently this is bizarre. The fact is who they actually selected to actually write this thing. Colin and Casey Jost. Well, I don't know Casey Jost, but obviously Colin Jost is the you know stereotypical white guy <laughs> who does the weekend. Uh, yeah, for SNL. You know what a what a wild like choice. It's just very weird to me. So yeah, I didn't know that he was he was you know in the world at all. So yeah, wow. uh, Bay is still crazy. producing these, but he's not directing them. He's not. You know, which you know what? I, like I said, I, I, for the 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 last two movies I thought were fun the, the turtles looked like they were right heads which is i hope they change that because it looks makes no sense that they would be like so rutted out the turtles uh, they're teenagers turtles but they could look whatever i guess it doesn't matter they're they're mutants <laughs> i don't know i'm not gonna get critical on that but um you know i i think it's you know turtles are evergreen i mean i remember when i was in high school the, the, the cartoon came out and people right. went nuts for it and that was based off a very grim and gritty black and white comic indie comic book and um that the toys that made us uh series or a special all about the turtles was fantastic so Every kid loves turtles when they're growing up. It's ninjas, it's turtles, it's sci-fi, it's weird, it's ninja. It's just everything that a little boy would love, a little girl would love, because they brought in strong female characters as well. Um, and at the the Mall of America with Nickel- Ni- the Nickelodeon Park, they have a turtles ride. I mean, it's kind of one of those things I just think will be around forever, just like how Marvel has and, and, and Dr. Who is just one of those evergreen properties because they can keep reinventing it for a different age and it's still fun and they can still bring in the adults uh, that enjoy it. And actually they just had a recent crossover Charlie between turtles and power Rangers, which I thought was pretty neat and people enjoy it. And so they just play around with this, the, the properties and they're just having a good time. So, um, but once again, Colin Jost, I don't know what his experience is, with turtles or why he was chosen i mean he is probably younger is he younger than us is he is he yeah maybe maybe he's probably probably maybe mid to late 30s is my guess so he probably is he grew up with turtles so maybe he has a take on them that he likes it but there's a lot of great source material with turtles lately charlie they did a old man logan version of the turtles with Raphael being basically the last turtle surviving and all this stuff so i'm like so i think once again they could do some cool stuff take from the the, all the properties they can do with meld the the mythos and i think they could do something fun with it so um more to come on this and we'll see if this works but you know what I expect there to be a new Turtles movie within the next two to three years. Yeah. You know what? Fine. Like you said, move the needle forward. Uh, yeah. it, 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 like you said, it's an evergreen, no pun intended, kind of property that, that people aha. So, aha! Moving on, final story. Uh, I, you know, I, I talked a couple episodes ago, maybe it was the last episode, about uh, seeing the uh, latest release by M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. 
Shyamalan. Uh, it says here that back in the mid 2000s, when he was obviously riding high, you know, after his success of his first couple films, that he pitched a dark, shocking Indiana Jones movie to Spielberg that obviously didn't come to play. So this would have been prior to. Uh, obviously, the 2008 release of uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. A lot of people really hate that movie. Uh, I personally have some kind of fond memories of it because of my oldest son really loving it. Uh, you know, but this doesn't really mean that it's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shyamalan had a uh, shared vision with Spielberg of a darker uh, Indiana Jones uh, installment. Uh, God knows even what that means. You know, was Indy seeing dead people? Uh, he says, yeah, I do have my uh, notebooks. And I still have all of my ideas from that movie. He said, I do have a take, but it never really obviously uh, took off. So that's fascinating. I would love to love to hear kind of what uh, what kind of idea he would have <laughs> to get things off the ground. Of course, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, episode five or the fifth film. Uh, it says right here, a recent photo from the set of Indy five uh, showed a cast member caught up in a chase scene with Harrison Forbes, archeologist at the 1969 Apollo 11 ticker tape parade. I can't get past my really not great feelings about this film. Indiana Jones five is set to release on July 29 of 2022 so a little over a year so they've got to be close to be done filming with this movie but didn't he wasn't he heard on the the film as well you know what this guy doesn't step out of the friggin shower without getting hurt he is always he is always in bad shape now uh notably uh in this this fifth film we're gonna get phoebe waller bridge mads mickelson and thomas crutchman all very uh notable names but um, I don't know, Todd, you know, I mean, you, you, as well as I have seen all of, you know, Shyamalan's films, what do you think he could have brought to the table with Indiana Jones? You know, I, I really think of Raiders Lost Ark, which is, you've talked about, that's one of your favorite movies of all time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that movie was still dark. I mean, the Nazis and, and just some of the imagery and things like that. And then through time, the movies felt like they got lighter. Obviously, Temple of Dune had like, it was the first PG-13 rated movie, the, the right. heart coming out. But beyond that, they kind of got a little lighter and goofier. So it would have been interesting to revisit maybe a darker part of of that era where he is the light in the darkness. I mean, in a way, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that would be interesting. It would have been compelling versus the goofiness of monkeys, uh, uh, you know, going across things and going in fridges and kind of the goofy humor about being too old for this shit. I mean, I would have preferred that over what we got. So I think it could have been interesting. Although when he did a very popular movie, he did, um, the, the, um, Think the one had, the Avatar movie, which was absolutely horseshit. So I mean, you know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know, yeah, right. How do you? It's yeah, the monkey's I, paw, right, Charlie? Oh my god, yes, exactly. Homer and the monkey's paw is is is. It's Frogert, but it's poison. I don't know. Right. Poison, poison, Frogert. Oh no. But I love these stories of what could have been and who could have made. Right. Who who did it all? Who done who done it? it? So, Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, that is the end of the news, if I'm not mistaken. So, Todd, where are we going now? Oh, Charlie, we're going to go over to our favorite establishment for getting nerdy. That's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, and we are ready to get our nerd on with some uh, libations. Charlie, I think we need to offer up the Geek Easy some, like, geek themed cocktails and such, you know, kind of like the, um, the, the bat toozy, uh, uh, cocktail. I don't know. Any other ideas? I'm sorry. I was just doing the bat toozy while you were talking. Like the Andromeda, uh, shake shaker from Star Trek or something. The Endorian, uh, Saurian brandy or maybe a, uh, yeah. What is it? A Cardassian sunset. That kind of the Klingon, uh, yeah. Klingon Klingon blood wine. Sure. Something like that. I think, I think that would increase their sales and they'd be turning more, uh, liquor drinks, which obviously bring in the high dollars. No doubt about it. All right. Well, what do we got up? What, what do we got coming up first here? 
Yeah, so I was checking out HBO Max because, you know, I mean, they've got a, a fine repertoire of really good content, you know, new and existing stuff, especially DC. So I was looking at their animated offerings, and one of the things I had not watched before was Justice League Dark. So they have, um, so lately they've done like the, the Justice League series of movies, which are based off the New 52, and they've also then created the Justice League Dark. They have a couple of movies there. So I watched the first one, and Justice League Dark, for anyone who doesn't know it, this is kind of like the Justice League's magic and supernatural division. Uh, the the lineup is typically John Constantine, Zatanna. Uh, it can be the Demon Etrigan. It can be Dead Man, Swamp Thing, Detective Chimp. Uh, lots of different characters, and, and it's always interesting. And this one uh, was kind of the formation of this group because the Justice League was investigating these crimes where people were hallucinating and seeing demons, and these bad things happened. So uh, essentially then Batman uh, was in the middle of, you know, just kind of like getting shaving, which I thought was funny. Bruce Wayne was shaving, and he looked like he had did not need to shave, so I thought it was very weird. I'm like, why are you shaving when you don't need to shave? But when he was in the bathroom – he started seeing things that said Constantine written all over the place. Wasn't sure who did it. So he's like, I need to find this Constantine guy because he'll investigate and find out what's at the root of this. So basically Batman teams up with Constantine and Zatanna and um, they go and try to find out the root of this. It's, it's a very fun story. It's R rated, which I found very weird because I felt at most it felt PG 13. Um, there weren't, there wasn't like F bombs being dropped and there was some violence, but I didn't feel like it was horrible. It wasn't like, I mean, I guess some demons got beheaded and their head chopped off, but it was like, it wasn't like gross, like you'd expect in a movie. So I, I just kind of thought it was weird that they did that, but I guess because it's DC, they wanted to be like, we don't want to traumatize little kids by making it PG 13. So it's R rated. So they won't be screwed up because of they saw it so uh it's about an, it was basically 75 minutes long so very short um but very fun um i liked it um there were repercussions in this which i thought was kind of interesting I'm like oh i didn't expect that coming um the voice actor i believe is matt oh god i remember it's like the the guy who plays constantine in the legend show oh, matt, matt, matt ryan Matt Ryan. Yeah, I believe it. He's the same voice actor. He's really embraced this character, which I think is great because he's awesome. It just becomes a scenario where his show didn't exist, but he found a second life in this character doing other things. And there's other Constantine animated stuff as well. So right. I, I really enjoyed this. It was it was highly enjoyable. Um, you kind of knew where it was going, but still it was enjoyable. And you can kind of see where th they set this up for more adventures with the justice league dark. Um, we are supposed, and there's been justice league dark comic books. Um, and then we're supposed to get a justice league dark movie down the road. And I know you'd shared a, like a, a roadmap of the DC, uh, movies platform, yep. which I think we'll talk about the next episode of seek friends unite. Um, but it's kind of like interesting what they can do and where DC can go with their characters. So, right. um, but, but I think this is great. Um, and I, I am curious, I don't know hundred percent what the lag is from the DC animated movies coming out, like on video D and on right. disc to actually come to HBA max. Cause there's some good ones that are coming out. Like we want to watch the, uh, do was it justice league war world war one? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, I'm or two. And again, you know, DC as an inverse to Marvel, and obviously Marvel's trying to close the gulf, has always dominated their animated programming where their films, it's a, you know, it's a, it's an 80 20 split. You know, they just, there aren't a lot of, ton, out of really great in the modern era, certainly DC films. So um, that's great. I do, I know that I went through earlier this year and I kind of bookmarked all of the animated DC programs, but I tend to go in phases. I like comics mm -hmm. and then I do a Star yeah. Wars and then I'm start. Star Trek is kind of my through line, particularly because of Code 47. Um, so I'm not really on comics right now you know i'm not really on the dc stuff but you know what i bookmarked it because i feel like i'll come back to it so eventually i'll probably check it out but that sounds awesome zatanna is a favorite character of my other best friend miranda is she's a cosplayer she does character um so i while we were talking i messaged her i said oh extra's talking about this movie you should watch it um so maybe i'll check it out as well so that's pretty cool yeah, the disappointment though. So Zatanna, basically, her music magical abilities is she speaks backwards for her spells. So I was hoping when I put on the closed captioning, I'd see that, but they <laughs> didn't it, do it. And it just says speaks backwards, uh, kind of, or something like that. But yeah, just very, very interesting. The one well, thing I, I didn't like about this, they did they used the DC New Fifty Two 
uh, costumes, which I do not uh, like at all. They're horrible. And I believe they're done with that now with the new 52 and they won't be using those costumes in the future. You, you know what my absolute favorite caption is? It's not the urinating or the retching. It's when it says in closed caption, dies. When someone, uh, when someone, when someone, I love closed captions. I, I use I it all the time. I yeah. use it all, literally almost every program I watch, with the exception of the Star Treks and like the news. I, I will do closed captioning because it's always so hard to make shit out because you always get the, you know, especially if you're watching like, uh, what's that show my wife loves, Outlander? Oh my God, mm-hmm. you, have, you have no chance if you don't have the yes. captions on. No chance at all. Yeah, so I've, I've been watching more and more stuff um, just because I'm back on the elliptical. Uh, been about four, the last four weeks, I've been hardcore on my fitness pal and working out. So it's worked really well. I've been enjoying it, and that which means more time with stuff on the screen. And I'm just trying to find things that capture my attention. You know, comedies are like only 30 minutes, uh, 22 minutes long. So I like I need to find something that bridges that gap. And sometimes movies are a little short. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm finding things to watch. So um the other thing that I was watching, Charlie, so you mentioned Lower Decks. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back in. So I have been watching Lower Decks. Good, so good, I've, good. Been, I've been catching up on that show. It I is actually, such an interesting. Oh, good. I, I, I just slammed it myself in the last two days just because I wanted to be, because there are 22 minutes and there's 10 episodes. It's very minimal commitment. So I just had it on in the background when I was doing other things. So I also am completely refreshed on Lower Decks. And this actually takes place. In when Next Generation was in its heyday, is that correct? No, it takes place a little less than a year uh, post-Nemesis, which was the last TNG film. So it takes place in 2380, which Mm -hmm. Nemesis took place in the year 2379. So it's a year past. Because the only reason why it was just like there's one of the characters says, hey, did you hear what the Enterprise is doing? Do you hear that Picard's uh, a Borg or something like that? Right, exactly, yeah. There, there's yeah. a lot of t- there's a lot of takes of it that aren't exactly sure on par in that exact fashion, but it is really done for comedic takes. So, but yeah, it's not right. like at the era with Picard right now. Right, it's, it's, it was yeah. Well, it's like I was watching an episode today where it was it was a flashback scene from Mariner when she was on a different ship, and you could tell because she had a different uniform and her hair was yeah. different. She said, Big hair. Oh, yeah. did you hear that Data has an evil brother, which happened in the first season of TNG? So it would yeah. have easily been six or seven years prior to when this was happening. But again, it's played. For comedic take, and it's funny you should mention this because I reached out to Mark, who is our shared cosplay uh, wife today, and I said, you know what? I have an assignment for you. I would like you to use my Paramount Plus login, log in, watch a couple episodes of Lower Deck as a non-trekker. I want your input, and he said yes. So we will have an opportunity to. Can he do that without? He'll have to get a VPN, maybe, because he's in Canada and they may not allow him to do. I don't know. He he uses my Comixology, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, okay, so we'll see. We'll, we'll uh, no, he doesn't, Charlie. He doesn't. He no, doesn't. No, he does. No, he does not. He does not. What? They're listening. They're listening. Oh no, he. Di- I don't know. I, oh my god. Yeah. No. No. I don't. I, you know what? I'm. I'm. Look at this. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. Yeah. I don't know exactly. What I'm see, about. Charlie's just talking out of both ends. Uh, but okay. yeah. So, uh, but so lower decks. Um, it's interesting because it, it's it's a fun show. It's 22 minutes of Star Trek. Um, it's very comedic, over the top. You've got some interesting characters. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, the interesting part is, though, the character of Mariner, and I know this is just so bizarre, but holy crap. I mean, talk about a character that is so not part of Star not Trek, like very, even possible. Not, Non-Starfleet. It's just it's her yeah. entire job. Like yawning and, and being sarcastic. And yeah. I get it. You get away with it. But it's just one of those things like, yeah, I have to just bend my be- disbelief about this character. Yeah, that, it's, in, yeah. it's her, her entire job to. And again, she's in it. She she keeps getting promoted and demoted, promoted and demoted. And it's, you know, being somebody in the military, that's not something that happens. Um, yes. So it's or, or, been- or being on the same ship as your parent. Which I right, think is exactly. just funny too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big gag obviously throughout the first season, which gets resolved in the final episode, is that the captain is really her mother. Her mother keeps mm-hmm. her on the ship because she's such a screw up that that's the only yeah. way that yeah. So it's yeah. Just, it's all very much played for last. But again, that's why I reached out to Mark and I said, Mark, watch this as someone who doesn't do Star Trek. Let me know what a non trekker at all thinks about the show if you think it's fun. So. I will be very happy to talk to Mark about that, maybe even on an episode of Holocon Chronicles, because no matter what, when we're talking Star Wars on this show, I always end up bringing up Star Trek. Absolutely. I yes, I you can't do, help Charlie. It. It's in my blood. I just, I can't let it go. I'm even wearing the shirt, but still, it's space stuff. What do you want? It's got star in it. Star something. 
Yes, it's and it is interesting though because uh, of the Star Trek shows, uh, two of the highest, you know, the, two of the main characters are African American. Uh, you've so it's it's an extra interesting mix of just the characters. You do have an alien in the main cast. You've got a guy that's kind of like a Jordy guy with the you know right. he's got like the little digital eyeball, which I thought was funny because it looks like a little. Something right. would be on it Nintendo very, or something. It looks yeah. very. Da- it looks very Dat Matrix. I agree. Yeah. So it's it's fun. Um, which made me then say, you know what? I don't think I ever finished Futurama. So I've been going back to Futurama, and and I, you know, I know that show is like it was canceled, brought back. So I really wasn't sure like what I had seen of all the episodes. So I'm going back and watching Futurama again. And that show is so good. Um, I, know, I just right? enjoy it so much, and the the the, the characters how they changed and the relationship it's far different than the Simpsons where you don't feel like the Simpsons ever changed. You feel like there's actual like change between Leela and Fry and right. Just really enjoy that show. So it's on Hulu now. Hulu now. Yeah. I was going to say, where where do I find it? So it's a Fox property. Disney owns it now. So it's on Hulu. It's the same thing with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So guys check out Futurama. I think it's one of those shows that just was always overshadowed by the Simpsons. Obviously it was going to be considering that the Simpsons were almost out 20 years before they brought out a new, new show, but, uh, clever, fun. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with tech and things like that, it could get dated, but it's no more going to no more dated than like the Simpsons bring on a guy who looks like Michael Jackson. So (laughs) it is what it is. Yes. So there you go. So there you go. Yes, exactly. So, all right, transitioning over, uh, April and I have been enjoying, uh, going to the movie theater. Uh, we hope that the Delta variant doesn't shut that down, but fingers crossed. Uh, but just last night or the night before, we went to go see Jungle Cruise. This is the new uh, film based on a Disney Park ride, which is always... <coughs> God, excuse me. Bless you. <coughs> Bless you. Edited for content. The, uh, that is a uh, you know the next film that is based on a Disney ride. Um, and so, you know, we had mixed expectations going on starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson or just Dwayne Johnson, as I'm sure he likes to be known. Uh, Emily Blunt and uh, Jesse Plemons is the villain, which he just he looks like he he looks like he hit the Shake Shack before this movie came out, because I remember him as being a somewhat athletic dude. and He just looks very bloated in this movie. But regardless, uh, this is based on elements of that. But it, again, it's an adventure story which combines elements of like Raiders of the Lost Ark and the mummy and different stuff. And I really enjoyed this. And again, I don't have a ton of expectations of really getting into a movie, particularly since my last cinematic experience, um, my last cinematic experience was, um, a kind of a one, two punch, which I talked about last week of seeing snake eyes, which was dreadful and old by M. Night Shyamalan, which I thought was fair to Midland. This was this was absolutely enjoyable, and I think it's something that you can probably pretty safely uh, take your tweens or your, or your teenage kids to because it's really not that objectionable. There's not a ton of violence, um, but it's really very fun, and I don't want to spoil a lot about it, but I was, I was actually, it was one of those, I turned to April as a credits roll, and I said, I actually really enjoyed that. I would, I would watch that when that comes around to Disney Plus, which I'm sure, what's the window, 90 days? Six months, six months for Disney, uh, non, uh, premium plus. Yeah. Okay. Guys. So when this comes around again, this, uh, this to me feels like one, uh, that I would watch again. It is available on premium plus, uh, or a uh, premium access. Premium access. Yeah. Yeah. If you choose to go that route, but you know what, if you feel safe, if you feel comfortable, Go to the theater, buy a popcorn, support a local business, uh, I always say, because I, I personally feel pretty strongly about that myself. So, yeah, Todd. Apparently, said, a million people, apparently a million people bought it on premium access. That's $32 million at the box office. So I don't know what this movie was tracking to, you know, outside of everything else. But uh, they just, seem pretty you know, happy with it. And The Rock's not suing Disney. Yeah, uh, you know, and <laughs> Disney, Disney have to has to be uh, – particularly uh, happy about that. Um, so yeah, so that was fun. I recommend that. Um, but again, if, if you feel comfortable with it, go to theater, go see it, because again, support a, a local theater if you can. Uh, secondly, for about the last two weeks, and there's now four episodes in release over on Hulu, which is how we access FX content. Uh, the spinoff of American Horror Story, which is a series that's been around for 10 years, almost 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. They have they have now moved uh, towards the format of doing uh, basically an anthology series where they're having things that essentially re- in some ways revisit bits and pieces of things that you saw in the series. 
but and then uh, and then addressing some new stuff. So the the kickoff of, of that was a two parter that took us back to the murder house and the weird you know gimp suit that you saw in season one. And the murder house is this house in Los Angeles where if someone dies there, they become a spirit that never leaves. Um, and so this was about a uh, it was about a gay couple that had a teenage daughter who was bullied. And what was uh, the era? What was the era? Uh, uh, modern day era. Oh, okay. So this is like actually a sequel to the last one with uh, no, I, I would Connie, say was, Connie, what's her name, no, and and well, the dude. I would, yeah. It was Connie Britton and Dylan McDermott, and then the younger uh, Vera Farmiga's younger sister. Yeah, was, yeah, was the daughter. No, it would be a sequel, not a prequel. So yeah, it would be a that's that's what that. I was thinking. Yeah, I was I was yeah. wondering how that ended. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, you know, that was, and again, these are for basic cable, which is funny. I turned to April and I said, you know, basic cable. But then I said, what is basic cable? There's no, there's no cable anymore. There's just something is on and something is on. And they have a warning and they say, this is mature content. It has bad language. It has, you know, sex and violence, whatever it is. So it's not, the line is so blurred between what you would go, I would go see an R-rated movie or I would see something rated, you know, rated TV, FMLA. Uh, did I say Family Medical Leave Act? You know what I'm, yes, what I'm trying to say? Yes, absolutely, yes. Um, but yeah, so that was the first couple. Uh, the second one was was a horror story at a drive-in. There was a, a movie from the 70s that when it got replayed, it made everybody homicidally violent and turned them into zombies. And then the fourth episode uh, was the spoof on a reality TV show called The Bro House uh, that had to do with a, homic- <laughs> a homicidal Santa Claus. Uh, and actually guest starred one of the, one of the stars of it was one of the one of the actors who was in Glee, which was also produced by Ryan. Ah, uh, wonderful! Yeah, so um, it is. is it, uh, so is it worth it? I, I think it's absolutely worth it if you enjoy the original show. Um, but like all of us as viewers, we have a super short attention span. Don't even want to commit to a ten episode series. Watching and again, the, the first uh, the first segment was two parts. The second segments were an episode each, uh, and I think they were they were released two episodes at a time, or at least that's maybe we were just behind. Maybe at the phone. beginning. Yeah. So yeah. So I one would therefore assume it would be released once a week. I believe it comes out on Thursday, so I know we'll be watching a new one tomorrow. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed the series, and again, it's not for the faint of heart. It's very visceral. There's a lot of very graphic violence, so just definitely be prepared. But I think great storytelling. I, I did. We did really very good. It. Very yeah, good. Absolutely. Well, and then and then there's going to be a proper season coming out in August. I think it's mid August, and this one. I don't know if you saw any of like the previews, Charlie. It looks like vampires and aliens are oh, making I out or killing each other. Absolutely no recollection of that. Yeah. So I am I am in. I am totally on board with that. That's I, I loved 84. Um, that was the last one I really loved. Did not get into like, what was it, Cult? And then there was the other one that was kind of tied into modern day politics. I, I just have kind of... It, the show has been hit or miss based on the seasons, but I loved 84. That was really awesome. Which kind of felt like what we saw with uh, Fear Street. You know, kind of that feel of that, you know, the, right. the camp and the the Jason killer. So, yeah. Right. Good stuff. All right. Absolutely. So that's wrapping up the news. So where are we going now? Oh, my goodness, Charlie. You know what? We've got to check in with our mu- fellow friends, the mutants, and we're going to go to a place to entertain them. That's called the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. The means have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're doing uh, something that uh, we haven't done in a while. Wow. We do games every once in a while. We try to mix them up. But one of our favorites is called Tata Show, Charlie. Uh, I believe you dubbed that uh, when we did this. And basically this is based on my special ability to essentially be told something and then I just give you what's going to happen with the show. Basically, I can give you the premise. I can give you actors. I can give you directors. I can give you everything that makes sure that you actually don't actually have to watch this thing. I, I tell you, so you can just go on saying, yep, I know what that one's all about. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh, been ordained uh-huh. by me because of my special abilities. So we do this on occasion. So we're bringing back Tata show this week. So, um, so Charlie, what do you have for me? Cause I have something for you. Woo! Well, you know, I told you that I was working off a list that was explicitly, uh, for 14 forgotten shows from the ni- syndicated shows from the 1960s. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with this title and then I want to hear what Todd Oxtra thinks this is all about. This program is called Shotgun 
Slade. Shotgun Slade. You said this is from the 60s? 1960s, um, yes. And there's no, like, genre. There's nothing. Unimportant. You know what? I don't. I don't need to because you know what? This is an this is a, an act of pure creativity on the part of Todd's Oxtra. Todd Anton Oxtra, show me what you got. Okay, Shotgun Slade. So, um, just we're gonna go on a, a, a mind journey uh, with the world of Shotgun Slade. So, Shotgun Slade is a man named uh, <laughs> Terrence Slade, who essentially was raised by a shotgun. We don't know what happened to his parents, but this little boy uh, was basically <laughs> um, abandoned, and he finds <laughs> just a shotgun sitting in the forest. But the shotgun is also inherited with the spirit of a Native American named Kuato. Kuato? Quato, yes. Does he have to activate the reactor? <laughs> exactly. So um, Slade um, basically was left with, all he was left with was a picture of his family, but he has no clue who they were. This, he's about five years old, so he has memories, but, um, but the shotgun guides him on his path to learn how to forage, learn how to survive, and teaches him the way of the world's. Um, Quato basically, uh, tells him to be wary of man, uh, be, you know, be good, the tenants, um, and along the way, uh, he finds a, a group of teens in a van that he goes on adventures with. They solve mysteries, that essentially... Sounds remarkably familiar. <laughs> they solve adventures and mysteries with supernatural elements. Um, typically, they go town to town um, and they sell um, hippie jewelry out of their back uh, to basically pay for their adventures. Um, but it's it's very similar to like an A team where it's a mystery of the week. We don't want going, but along the way. Shotgun Slade finds clues on how he can reunite with his family and also how to release the spirit of Quato from said shotgun. Um, there, there's only one code that Shade lives, Slade lives by. The shotgun cannot kill. So he finds many adventurous ways to use the shotgun to stop hijinks from happening. Got to shoot so, out a tire or shoot out a street lots that of falls on somebody. Every every room has a chandelier that falls on somebody. Yes, it's just the way it happens. Um, maybe he hits somebody across the face with a shotgun, but no killing was happened. And you know, essentially, there's there's an unlimited supply of non lethal shotgun slugs. So uh, this is the way it goes. Surprisingly, the show Charlie lasted five episodes. Um, with that is surprising. Uh, Yes, and the, and the cast went on to be go on the con circuit, um, talking about all of the original Bible of stories that they would have gone on, and uh, eventually, uh, I believe someone penned a comic book series that was published by Malibu Comics in 1982. My goodness! Well, you will never believe how closely, uh, how close of a parallel. What you were talking about actually does relate to the real, the real rundown of the story. So series set in the Wild West, a fascinating hybrid of a detective series closer in, to, in tone to Peter Gunn with a jazzy score. Slade, actor Scott Brady, carried a unique modified gun like fellow cowboy heroes Lucas McLean and Josh Randall. Slade's piece was even wilder with a shotgun barrel. Uh, wheeled, uh, welded to a rifle barrel. So he's like a two gun. Uh, the show was all about hybrid. Somehow it did not feature Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's just, you know, that's, that was unnecessary. Stop it. Stop it. Article I copied. Um, <laughs> so essentially your meld of some kind of supernatural for a Scooby Doo, uh, with, sound with handguns, <laughs> with ha doesn't sound any ridiculous. haunted handgun, <laughs> doesn't sound any ridiculous than some cowboy with like a two gun. Like what was that movie? Uh, with Jessica Alba had a leg that was a machine gun or something. You know what I'm talking about? Was that oh yeah, that was movie? the that no, that was the uh, the the Planet Terror version yeah. of uh, yeah, right the hybrid. It, what was it? Uh, yeah, 
And it was Danny Trio, who was also the killer Santa Claus in America Horror Stories that I was talking about. At oh, House. Tri- yeah, that's pretty yep. cool. Bro House yep. Trio. Yep. Yeah. Bro House Trio. So, okay. All right. Very good. I love it. So now it is it is my turn. Yeah. So, Charlie. So, I'm bringing you a failed 70s sci-fi show. So, I'm, I'm giving you a format. Uh, the problem is I'm not giving you much to go by with title. The title is called Quark. Not necessary. Not- oh, wasn't that a Gene Roddenberry show? I've, I, oh, I absolutely think I've heard of it. Well, I mean, the obvious uh, connotation is that, you know, Quark was his character in Star Trek, but this is a sci-fi show. So this is a show about some nerd uh, in a lab in the 1970s. Let's say it's at JPL. Let's say it's at NASA. You know, this guy is terrible with the ladies. Like, uh, couldn't get laid in a whorehouse with a stack of hundreds like absolutely just just does not how to talk to the ladies so he's tinkering away in the lab he's got his bunsen burners and his chemicals and his different stuff and he sneezes one day and elbows a bunch of a bunch of vials that smash and they wash him over with some gas and it turns him into you think it's going to turn him into the nutty professor no actually ends up turning him into a homicidal supervillain called quark now you're immediately afraid because he looks super scary. Maybe he looks a little bit like the Green Goblin. And he jumps out there, and you know, because he's a nerd, he somehow comes up a weird set of armor, and he's going to go out there, and you think he's going to start killing a uh, homicidal maniac. Uh, and he gets out there, and he, he goes to the, the pier in Santa Monica with his ladies everywhere, and it's the 70s, so you know everybody's having sex with everybody. It's totally crazy. And you see him wind back, and he's going to laser somebody, and he's going to start blowing things up. But then he sees a pretty lady and he just says, all I really want is true love. So he's still wearing the armor, but he approaches a lady. Her name is Quarkina McQuarkitin. uh, And he says to her, you know, I was going to blow up this whole pier. I was going to uh, I was going to kill everyone uh, as a result of my imagined slight because my life is so lonely. But I saw you. You've turned my life around. I want to experience true love. Um, come with me. Let's travel the country in my fancy suit of armor. Let's uh, let's set right wrongs and let's let's start a family. So instead of he he builds a fancy van where he can uh, store his set of armor, uh, and he and Quarkina McQuarkington can travel the country. They can find things that are going wrong, and they can set them right. And so it becomes an entire series. And to be perfectly honest with you, you know, you may not know this, but this was one of the bigger hits of the 70s. This was actually on for 17 seasons uh, of 26 episodes each. Uh, it was on ABC. Uh, it was a huge hit. It put a Welcome Back Cotter to shame. People stopped watching Battle of the Network Stars because of this. They stopped watching The Brady Bunch. They stopped watching Dallas. I mean, this show was unstoppable. Unfortunately, because of a twist in the space-time continuum in the multiverse, all evidence of this was erased. The only way I know about it is because I am a level 12 uh, member of the Watcher community. I'm violating my oath by even telling you about this, but I thought it was very important for the purpose of this fake game on this podcast for everybody to know about it. Ah, uh, the Charlie variant exists. I did it. Well, Charlie, I, I appreciate your take on this and the alternate reality where the show was the talk of the town and, and, and rivaled Bonanza for its longevity. Uh, but no, but I will tell you all about the show. Uh, but good try. I appreciate the enthusiasm because that's all we need. And maybe Please. someone will hear this, hear this idea, and they will take it to the bank, and we will get uh, Quark Ro- 2.0 or whatever we're going to call this. Royalties, baby. You know where the checks go. PayPal at Secret Friends. You. Yes. Yeah, so this came out in 1977. Uh, apparently, I didn't realize this. A uh, decade earlier, Buck Henry, along with Mel Brooks, created Get Smart. I did not know Mel Brooks was part of Get Smart, but Buck Henry definitely. Uh, basically, though, they paired with Quark. Uh, basically, he looked to do the same to Star Trek and Star Wars. Um, but essentially, and he said he apparently started this pilot before Star Wars hit theaters, because obviously 77 this came out. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, but apparently, Mel Brooks would have far more success doing something similar in Spaceballs. Apparently, this premise was the madcap adventures of a space garbage man. The sitcom featured sexy twins, a plant man, a disembodied head, and a transgender engineer. 
Success didn't happen? Homeboys in Outer Space. You just described the plotline of that failed UPN sitcom from the late 1990s. There you go. So, uh, you know, and and maybe there are YouTube clips of both of these shows, because if there are, I think I would love to see what they're all about. I'm all about it. So let's take it to YouTube uh, and let's see if we can uncover some information. So, oh, good stuff. I have missed this segment. Uh, I feel like we haven't done this in well over a year. So uh, I know you and I, when we get the opportunity to do a game, we try to space it out enough so that it kind of feels fresh every time. So I certainly feel that this was that this was fresh enough for the time. So good you stuff. Know what? I think we, we sold a couple pilots, Charlie. I think I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna wait for those royalty checks to come on in. Oh, but wait. Let's say. Let's say trademark. Isn't that what you're trademark. supposed to do? Trademark. Trade, yes. Trademark. Trademark. You can't steal our idea. You have to pay us. Yeah. You bet. Give me some money. All right. Well, with that, that is the end of the program. Oh my goodness, this was a wild one. This was a wild one, and I loved how to show, and I love uh, I love talking about geek uh, geek stuff. So, with that, as friends, as always, I'm going to tell you to thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Flash. Uh, he'll save every one of us. Do, 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 do. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.